The freight industry has a massive problem of inefficiency. It's called empty miles. 35% of trucks on the road today are driving empty and our environment is paying the price with millions of CO2 metric tons of emissions wasted every year. Be part of the solution with Convoy. Visit convoy.com sustainability. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Welcome to Net Zero Carbon, a show at Freightways where we're focused on information, insights, and inspiration in sustainability and transportation. Today, I'm joined by Dennis Rafa. He's leading the Zero Waste World Program at CHEP. Dennis and I had gotten connected a couple weeks ago by Convoy. They're working together on a program to reduce waste and transportation, and we're lucky today to be joined by Dennis and to learn more about what they're doing holistically. Dennis, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Danny. I greatly appreciate it, and uh, thank you to Convoy and Jennifer Wong over at Convoy for uh, getting us this opportunity and getting us linked together to get the word out on what Chep's doing. So for our listeners, do you mind just giving a little bit of background on yourself, how you got in the industry? I think what I've found in all the conversation that I've had is that sustainability is kind of a self-selecting discipline. Um, it's very new, um, but it tends to bring in people who have a strong passion for uh, this earth and the things that we're doing to keep it um, keep it clean. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with CHEP for about 18 years, straight out of college. And most of my time at CHEP has been on the commercial side, sales, customer service, for both our pallet division, our container division. So mostly on the commercial side. And when the role opened up for Zero Waste World, it's a passion I have outside of work. Um, and it's something I've always had a passion from. I'm an avid surfer. I live in New Jersey. Um, most people think I'm crazy because I surf all year round. So, you know, the ocean is something important to me, the environment. I want it to be there for my children and their children. So when the, the opportunity opened up for Zero Waste World and for me to lead the program, I, I jumped on it. And, um, you know, it's not always, um, people don't always have the opportunity to do what they love. And this is a passion I've always had. Chep has always given me opportunities to stretch myself. And, um, you know, with something like this, it's something I do every day in the background outside of Chep. And to be able to bring that to life and my passion for it was an incredible opportunity. So, um, you know, with the power of Chep and our, our stretch with our customers and our carriers, um, it, it was a fat, natural fit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's interesting. Everyone we talk to has this strong connection. And um, it's also great to hear that you've got... Um, your hobbies outside of work, you know, for those who are not um, as familiar with CHEP as as uh, you are, obviously, having been there so long, do you mind just giving a little bit of background on what the company does and really the, the history behind it? Sure. So CHEP is, uh, we, we help customers move the most products, the most um, platforms across the globe. So we're in over 60 countries working with top manufacturers and retailers in which we have pooling platforms, regenerative platforms. So the company was started back in World War II in Australia when the U.S. Army had left back pallet platforms. Um, and you know, a gentleman by the name of Walter Brambles, the name of our parent company, Brambles, um, had the bright idea of reusing these pallets in the shipping industry. And from there, it grew to each continent. So basically what we do is we lease pallets, containers um, you know, of all sizes. We have an automotive sector. We also pool kegs. Um, and what we do is we, we go out and we issue these to manufacturers who put products into our containers and raw material suppliers in the supply chain. So we're the invisible backbone of the supply chain. We send these containers, these pallets out to customers who then produce onto them. They'll send them downstream to retailers at the consumer level. So if you've ever been in a Costco or Walmart, and you've seen that blue pallet, that's our CHEP pallet. 
And what happens is once the pallet becomes empty of the finished goods, CHEP then collects it in partnership with our retailers. We bring it back to our service centers, inspect it, and then reissue it again. So we continue to keep those pallets and containers flowing through the supply chain um, to provide that regenerative process instead of just a one-way asset that at the end of life or at the end of the supply chain could go to landfill. So we're out there teaming up with these partners. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the question, you know, in today's, in every, in every day we are hearing news about, um, you know, choke points in supply chain, right? And I, I remember I was driving up to DC one day and someone was doing an interview about pallets and how pallets were becoming a choke point because there was a shortage of pallets. You hear about containers. Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to hear your, your take on that and, um, and how you guys fit into the whole supply chain from a, sustain, from a uh, reliability perspective. Yeah, so from a reliability perspective, you know, we've had our challenges, but we've worked with our customers to, you know, to make sure that we have the right products in the right areas to support their demand. So, you know, we we operating a pooling model. So we're constantly moving our pallets to different regions. So, you know, before the pandemic, we had seasonality. We still do. Um, it's a little bit of different type of seasonality. So we have the, that expertise to get the assets where we need. So at points in time, you know, if you think about produce season, um, heavy usage of pallets in the te- southern Texas market, California, um, where and southern Florida, where you know produce you spike in the summertime, where you're harvesting, and into the fall, where you're harvesting these products to get across the U.S. So what we've done is we've developed programs with our customers to get those assets in those areas to supply demand for for our customers. So when we saw the pandemic coming, um, you know, we've seen challenges on the retail side where they're building inventory sitting on pallets longer, but we've worked with them to to explain to both our manufacturers and retailers, we need to keep those pallets moving in the supply chain to prevent those chokeholds. We've also, you know, we've hedged our bets and brought um, inventory in so that we had enough inventory to supply, um, you know, to supply the needs for manufacturing of these pallets in our supply chain. So, you know, I, you know, I would be lying if I said there weren't challenges. There are, but we've done our best communicating, being transparent with our customers um, and our carriers as well. So, you know, working with our carriers, being upfront with them, they're being upfront with us to help better flow the product through the supply chain. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we we talk a lot about efficiencies in the marketplace and, um, you know, how just this last 18 to 24 months has highlighted a lot of what needs to happen to create more efficiency and we also talk about efficiency and sustainability and how a lot of the reduction efforts that can happen end up happening through efficiency um, improvements. You know, it's really interesting. We, you know, when we were talking um, a week or two ago, Dennis, and you had mentioned about the history of the company, it kind of just resonated with me to, to hear that, you know, it was, it was born out of this idea of, you know, of kind of this pooling model of reusing and, um, you know, really recycling the pallets. Uh, in a way that maybe your competitors at the time weren't. And so it's it's awesome to hear that the roots are there. Um, but, you know, what we found is that, you know, people may have been doing things in a sustainable way or have been pushing sustainability internally, but there has been an inflection point in, in most cases for firms to be more vocal about what they're doing or to amplify the efforts that 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 they're pursuing. Was What was the inflection point? For, for CHEP really to, to launch this new program that you're leading in North America? So the program was launched about two years ago. Um, and, you know, like we've discussed in the past, um, you know, CHEP has always been doing sustainability. We've always been doing zero waste. 
But I think, um, you know, the, the inflection point with us is what's the next step? How are we going to take it to the next level? So two years ago, when we launched this program, we saw, you know, a need from our customers that, that waste was, you know, a problem in the supply chain and they wanted to do better. They weren't doing enough. Um, so, you know, we partnered with them to find different types of solutions in the supply chain. So, you know, we sent a survey out to our customers and, and just even with ideation sessions with our customers, the top three things that we constantly heard and through this survey was packaging waste, transport waste, and overall um, process waste within the supply chain. So, you know, with those three, this program focuses in on those three pillars because that's what the customers have told us is important to them in eliminating waste in their supply chain. But, you know, as we all know, COVID's brought light onto sustainability. There's more focus in on it. You know, I've read an article the other day where consumers are willing to pay a little bit more for a sustainable product. Um, you know, they're, they're willing to, to help the environment and do better. You know, during the times of lockdown across the globe, we saw changes in the environment. Um, that we haven't seen before. We've seen, you know, just overall cities that were, you know, filled with smog. They were able to, you know, see the reduction in smog because of the lockdowns and they've seen that change. So I think it was kind of an awakening for customers, for consumers. Um, you know, I, I think you and I joked before, my mother didn't know what the supply chain was, even though I worked at Chef for 18 years, but now it's in the news. You know, so the invisible bone of the supply chain that we call ourselves is now coming to the forefront at the consumer level. They're seeing this, they're feeling the pain, um, and they're also seeing what's happening in the supply chain from a sustainability perspective, and it's important to them. And leader, you know, a leader like Chep, as well as, you know, our, our customers, our partners, um, you know, our transport customers, it's all coming to light. People are starting to question, what are you doing um, you know, from a consumer level? What are you doing to help the environment? What are you doing to do better? And I think that's what's kind of, you know, we had a head start two years ago, but COVID really helped accelerate that. And this program is really, you know, if you look at some of our data and our interaction with our customers, it's actually taken a great incline um, with COVID um, from our customer perspective. That's really, I think what I, you know, when you touched on doing the survey with your customers two years ago, right? That's interesting. It's just so interesting. It was very timely um, because that's the hard part, right? Is is um, the communication piece, getting people aligned, understanding um, what the values are. And for, for you to, to have that conversation at that point, I think um, was great. And it's interesting that, you know, for, for the, your customers, which are probably largely consumer packaged goods companies, um, one of the challenges that we always talk about here is they have a really hard time understanding what their scope three emissions are. So the emissions that aren't necessarily under their control. Um, and so there's things that you guys are doing as a supplier to their network that I'm sure they're interested that how do you reduce your own waste? And I, I know that you guys look at that internally, um, but then how do you feed into making them a more sustainable um, tell me in those three pillars, do you mind just going into a little bit of depth on each one? Um, just giving a little bit of understanding of how you're achieving goals in each one of those um, areas. Yeah, absolutely. So from the packaging waste perspective, we're teaming up with customers. So when they look at reducing their packaging, how's it going to be impacted in the supply chain, right? So when they ship, when they reduce the plastic packaging or paper packaging that was more robust in the past and they want to put less corrugate, less plastic in their products, what is that going to do to the product when you ship it? If a driver has to slam on his brakes and the unit load actually shifts in the, the trailer, it may create product damage. So you have stretch wrap around it thinking the stretch wrap will protect it. What if you use um, dunnage, like inflatable uh, bags to keep the product from shifting in the container? So you may be taking it, 
you may be taking packaging out of the product itself, but you're adding additional packaging, whether it be through the stretch wrap or the dunnage. So we actually team up with our customers to look. We have an innovation center in Orlando. It's called it's an ISTA certified facility. So when the customers make these changes, we ask we partner with them to use our innovation center where we can actually test um, you know the different types of packaging in the supply chain. So how does it react in racking? How does it, we have climate control chambers. How does it react to different climate? How does it react to vibration? So, you know, if you're shipping it via rail, via over the road, how does that interact to the packaging before you just make the packaging change or stretch wrap changes and then start shipping it? Because the last thing we want is for these great packaging changes to happen. And then it gets to the retailer and then the unit load is shifted and there's more product damage. Now you have to take it back. You're adding more transport, more packaging to redo everything that you have done great going down the supply chain. So we look at that with a with our customers. From a transport perspective, with partners like Convoy, we actually look at where do we have dedicated lanes? Where do we have, you know, short hauls, long hauls? Where do we ha- where are there empty lanes both within our supply chain and our customer supply chain where we can team up to fill those empty lanes and eradicate those empty miles? Where are those, you know, moves that don't make sense that we can partner with? And not just with you know, trucks, we're looking at how can we move our pallets into those high demand areas, whether it be on barges, whether it be intermodal, you know, how do we look at alternative transport that's going unused or underutilized um, to capitalize on that? So we'll team up with our customers and our carriers as well, where we have these brainstorming sessions where we bring in the carrier or we bring in Chef and we bring in the customer. All three of us sit down to look to see what are the pain points? Where are those empty miles? Let's do a network overlay. Let's see how we can fix that. And lastly, from a process perspective, so, you know, it's no, no surprise to anybody, labor is at a premium these days. So from a process perspective, you know, I kinda, it kind of all comes together with transport and packaging waste into the process piece. So, you know, I mentioned before, customers are changing their packaging. So if there's that product damage at the retailer and then they have to resend it to a co-packer to have reworked, what can we do there to eliminate that extra step in the supply chain? from the process perspective. So we're not adding that additional labor. So the kind of all three pillars go together. Yeah, that's great. You know, for us here at Freightways, we've obviously got to focus on transportation. I'd love to dig in on um, the Convoy partnership a little bit more. A common theme that you said, again, throughout is the communication piece. So I, I want to highlight that because I, I think that deserves um, a lot of kudos, Be, you know, pulling people together in the same room, having innovation centers, um, that's something that we want people to be doing across the industry um, with inside their four walls and even reaching out to competitors and sharing lessons learned. And this is why these conversations are so important. So again, on the transportation piece, um, you know, we've seen in talking to Convoy is that they do a really good job of understanding what their customers' needs are and trying to help them achieve their sustainability goals. How have they fit in specifically and how's that program look like in the partnership um, unfold? Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, Convoy does a good job of u- leveraging their technology, right? And, um, you know, they're, they're transparent, too, as a partner. So, um, you know, I know they have some tools like their automated reload process, which has been very valuable, especially with COVID. Um, you know, that's been great, tran- you know, from a transparency perspective, where their, automa- their automated reload process has saved time in the supply chain, has eliminated that waste. Um, you know, partnering with them, looking at those empty lanes that I mentioned about. So, you know, they may be running into a customer location, but then that customer is shipping product out and Convoy doesn't necessarily have the visibility that where CHEP does. So in those ideation sessions, we bring that data together, leveraging Convoy's technology, CHEP's 
technology and then the customer's authorization to look at those links. So if Convoy's going in with check product and then turning around leaving empty, you know, how do we team them up with our customers to haul goods out? And then that customer can use their own fleet or, you know, another carrier to move other goods. But then we get that golden triangle. You know, we fill that golden triangle. Um, I think that's been something that we've developed with our carrier partners like Convoy um, in the supply chain. But, you know, it comes back to what they bring from, you know, a technology perspective. They've also worked with us, um, you know, with some of their, their products and tools where we've actually gotten driver feedback. So, you know, some of our service centers, you've mentioned, you know, some of those bottlenecks where we didn't have visibility to, you know, where we had the driver feedback at the location level where there were, uh, you know, long wait times. And it helped us raise awareness to a blind spot where we didn't realize there were driver, long driver wait times at certain service centers. So we were able to quickly identify that with Convoy's partnership and the driver feedback through their, um, you know, through their process to go address that immediately and figure out what is the root cause. Um, you know, what, what's the problem? How do we fix that to get these drivers moving quickly so that they want to go to a CHEP service center? Um, it helped alleviate, like I said, a lot of those blind spots. So you know, great partnership with Convoy on that. With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com slash sustainability. So we talked a lot too about um, maybe not a choke point in transportation, but a choke point in um, sustainability reporting and communication is you have a lot of different actors and a fragmented process and it's amazing um, hope the listeners can through these shows appreciate how much goes into getting the package from the time you buy it on um, your computer and it shows up on your doorstep. There's a lot of actors in there, right? And every actor is contributing to the overall um, emissions of getting that good from point A to point B, manufacturing it, packaging it. And for the person let's you know who's, who's ultimately selling that product, they need to understand how all of those um, pieces of the supply chain and the, and, and the manufacturing fit together. And so they're, they're looking to get information from all of these folks. How do you guys look at communicating? How do you look at measuring um, internally what, what's happening, how you're meeting your goals, how you're reducing, and then how you communicate those broadly, and then how you also communicate very specific um, information to, to customers? Excellent question. So, you know, my vision for this program is to be that conduit in the supply chain. You know, how do we connect? You know, I might not be an expert in certain parts of packaging, but how do I connect those experts, um, you know, and, and be that conduit? So, you know, a couple things that we do. So we have a life cycle analysis that was created by an independent third party with in conjunction with CHEP that looks at the CHEP palette itself. So it's a life cycle analysis. So when our customers use the CHEP palette, what is the benefit that brings? Um, we have a whole solutions team that'll go in and do these ideation se sessions that I mentioned. So we'll have someone from transport. We'll have someone from supply chain, someone from packaging on our side, as well as myself. But I come in and tie it all together with those benefits where we measure, you know, if it's a transport piece where convoy goes in, um, you know, I mentioned it, filling those empty lanes. So what does that equate to in carbon emission reductions? We actually have a calculator that looks at those carbon emission reductions. Now, some of our customers like to use our lifecycle analysis. 
Many customers have their own. So we're willing to work with them to dig into the data behind it. What does ours look like? What does yours look like? I mean, LCAs are becoming very popular these days within the sustainability realm. So, you know, everyone has one, but it's, you know, a preference. What, how do you use it? What do you want to use it for? So it's also being transparent there. So we can get down to the granular level and look at, you know, what are we saving on emissions? What are we saving on labor waste? Um, You know, and then, you know, how do we get that out there to your point? You know, that's why I'm here. I want to get the word out that Chep is pioneering this um, for we pioneered it for a long time. But, you know, more and more customers are coming to us to look to us to what's the solution? Who can you get me in contact with to solve these issues? How can we partner with Convoy um, or other carriers that are out there? What I've seen that's been a little bit unique since COVID is that, you know, from a competitor perspective, it was very, you know, I'm not going to share my ideas with someone else because there's so much competition. When COVID hit, everyone was struggling to get goods to a customer. I saw competitors working with each other to deliver goods to the consumer. We can't do this alone. You have to do it together. And that's my huge you know, message that I cannot talk about enough. Internally at Chep, I've been dubbed Captain Planet, if anyone knows that cartoon. You know, so that he had his tagline with our powers combined. Um, you know, people mock me within Chep, but it's it's a good type of mocking. I think that's what we need to do is we need to combine our powers. We need to leverage our our powers within the supply chain to drive this change and get the word out and quantify it. Yeah, I think that's super important. And, you know, it's for me, you know, jumping into transportation um, earlier this year, I had been connected to it loosely before, but um, definitely drinking um, from a fire hose in terms of even if you were just looking at transportation on its own, but folding in the, being in the middle of COVID and then all the sustainability stuff, let's peel away and then just focus on the sustainability section for a moment. That is also like drinking from a fire hose. So you've got these three fire hoses just kind of just coming at you. Um, how for yourself as a professional um, that's in sustainability, how do you go about, I don't know, just consuming all the information that's out there, right? There's a lot of standards boards. There's a lot of associations, a lot of groups. Um, what would be your recommendation, your advice to somebody who's, because I think this is happening a lot. You know, a lot of people are realizing what you guys realized many years ago, but you put into action two years ago that they need to start taking steps on sustainability. Um, and it seems overwhelming, right? It's There's a lot out there and you don't know where to start, um, you know, Dan Lewis from Convoy said on this show, he said, just to start to measure and you're going to do it poorly to start, but just do it. And that's the first step. Um, what's your advice to folks who are out there who are trying to, to embark on this sustainability journey? Yeah, there's plenty of networks out there. You know, there's, there's a lot of data out there it can be overwhelming at times, but, you know, talk to people, you know, in your industry, talk to like customers, um, you know, Chep's here as well to offer up a consulting service as well. Um, you know, I work with some of some of our customers and we have a whole global sustainability team that we'll work with um, our customers that are starting their journey and connect them with some of the folks out there. You know, they can use their own life cycle analysis. Like I said, I've seen it as simple as a spreadsheet that someone's created because their first first steps of their journey. So they haven't invested in the, you know, some of these larger LCAs, um, but they're trying to build it out. So, you know, lean on CHEP, lean on Convoy. I mean, Convoy has a team as well that focuses on sustainability. They've gone down this path before. I think that's the one great thing coming from the commercial side of the business over to sustainability. Um, you know, it, it's a partnership. Everybody wants to help each other out. Um, you know, they, they want what's best for 
for the globe, for, you know, for the earth. Um, and and I, I haven't seen that in any other role before. You know, is it COVID? Is it, you know, different roles in different organizations? I don't know, but it's a change that I've seen coming in this role that everybody wants to partner um, to, to find that. So, you know, there's plenty of resources out there, but, you know, take it one step at a time. To your point, like Dan mentioned, you know, you may stumble, you may get it wrong, but, you know, we're here together to work through that. Uh, I have... You know, I've seen people where they've presented data and other people have pointed to that data to say, well, I would calculate it this way or I would look at it a different way. Have you tried this? Um, but throw the ideas out there. Don't be afraid to share your information with others and don't be afraid to make that mistake because you're not going to get where you need to get without making those mistakes. But look at other people, too, for best practices. That's great. And then internally, you know, Jennifer had said on one of the interviews we did um, on, on FreightWaves Now about telling people to be, to feel empowered inside the organization. It sounds like you guys are doing a good job of creating. And I think you had mentioned it before, referred to as kind of the SWAT team of folks that are going in and kind of um, allows for ideation process to happen in that group, but also across the organization um, in which she had mentioned it, for people to feel empowered to bring this forward. And so it's, it, it's really great to, to see that you guys are doing that as well. Um, you know, all in all, um, every, every conversation that we have here continues just to layer on to me and, you know, not to sound too cheesy, just the inspiration, like you said, that folks are working together, that, that problems are being solved. It's a big problem. Like everyone needs to do it together. We cannot do this alone. Um, so we really appreciate you coming here and talking about how you're connecting to your network and how you're encouraging people to do the same. If people want to find out more about, uh, Chap and the work that you're doing there and how they, how they can connect you in general. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, they can go to chep.com. There's a sustainability section, zero waste um, website that they can, that it'll link to when you go to chep.com on our landing page. Um, we also just released our, um, our sustainability reporting on some of the work that we're doing with customers. So if you want to get some ideas on what we're doing globally, um, you, know, you can look at that as well, but it's all on the website at chep.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I appreciate it very much. You have a great day. You too.